Hi, it's Todd coming to you from the Barona Sports and Spiritual Library here in my apartment in Barona, Wisconsin. And glad to uh, glad to know that I'm going to be reading a very, very special part of the uh, couple podcasts here. So it's going to be they're going to be paid sites, five dollars a month. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to uh, put some very special. Uh, Oh, spiritual and sports stuff on here for podcasts, and you know, and I'm going to give you some opinions too, <laughs> but they'll be soft. And um, the thing is, is that we have this little gata that runs around here named Gata, and uh, she likes to make an appearance. So keep your keep your eye on your screen because she'll make an appearance when we when she wants to. She's quite, uh, she's quite the cat, let's put it that way. So, and I'm in recovery too, so I'm just going to say that some of this stuff I'll be reading from is going to be recovery related or spirituality related, but they all go hand in hand as far as I'm concerned. And, uh, this is one of, this is, this has become very, very, very important for people. All right, so what I've got here is the games that changed the game. Ron Jaworski, Greg Cosell, and David Powat. Following Dick's arrival, the personnel department began to search for more athletes who'd fit into Ryan's system. Dave McGinnis coached with the Bears for 10 years and understood the skill set this defense demanded. First, you need defensive linemen who could win individual matchups against the guy blocking him, he explained. Then you needed linebackers who could run. People with lateral range and explosiveness. And the 46 had to have a smart middle linebacker and strong safety to make defense defensive calls. Chicago already had a good foundation at Dan Hampton, Leslie Frazier, Fensick, Wilson, and Singletary. They also gotten lucky and had one with Steve McMichael who was plucked off waivers from the Patriots. We are going to make him a center, but didn't have enough of a defensive lineman, Buddy remembered. We really needed help there because Hampton was about the only thing we had at that time. So we switched McMichael to defense. Subsequent drafts brought in defensive backs Dave Dorson, Mike Marshall, Mike Richardson, linebacker Wilbur Marshall, and Ron Rivera, defensive end Richard Dent, a steal in the eighth round. Leslie Frazier was with the Bears' birth of the 46 and saw it improve season by season. <laughs> what gave Buddy the impetus to create the whole system was that the better players were added to the team, he said. Once he got Dent and some of the others, then it brought Buddy was create situations to capitalize on those mismatches. If we hadn't had that talent, I don't know if the 46 would have become the force it came to be. 
McGinnis believed that the arrival of Marshall from the University of Florida allowed Buddy to finally do everything he wanted. Mar Marshall was essential, he stressed. He could physically play over the tight end at the line of scrimmage and had lateral, ability, lateral agility to stay with those tight ends in the passing game. He was just as good in confined areas as he was in space, Fensick called Marshall. The best athlete on our defense, hands down. Whenever anybody asks me what the finest defense in the NFL history was, I always answer with the 85 Bears. It was the single most talented defensive unit I've ever seen. But what also made them great was the system in which they played. Buddy Ryan got absolutely everything he could out of his players because they understood that his conceptual design would take full advantage of their outstanding abilities. We have just one leader and we had a bunch of them, recalls Rivera. Dan Hampton's the blood and guts of the line. He played with a broken arm, a broken leg, and broken fingers, and wobbly knees. Fensick was the guy in the secondary. He was so bright and could change things right in the middle of the game. It was like having a coach on the field. Single theory may have been the smartest of them all. The 46 needs a traffic cop who can make all the adjustments. And Singletary was our traffic cop, said Plank. There are some sets where there could be three different defenses out of one specific play. You have to have a leader who spots when a offense makes changes before the snap and can make the right adjustments. For a unit that earned its reputation primarily for its smash mouth style, the Bears defense mastered concepts that were highly complex and considerably more sophisticated than any other defensive scheme of its time. In Fensick's opinion, Buddy was the most unique coach I ever, I ever had because he would reach a point with his players where he trusted you to make a decision. This was totally different dynamic. I'm sorry. This was a totally different dynamic from any other coordinator I ever had. But first, that trust had to be earned, which is which was why rookies never got much playing time under Ryan. According to Richard Dent, Buddy used only two words with them: horseshit and a hole. <laughs> Every now and then, they might hear. Good point. Rex Ryan laughed as he remembered how Dad called every player only by their numbers until they did something he liked. Hey, 51, get your ass in gear. That kind of stuff. If you played hard for him and bled for him, he'd suddenly remember your name just fine. Everybody knows about my dad punched another coach on the sidelines. Buddy took a swing at Kevin Gilbride when both were in the Oilers staff in 1993. 
So they think of him as the old wild guy. Old wild guy. But when both were on the Oilers staff in 1993, so they think of him as this wild guy. But I coached with my dad and watched how he ran a game. He's as common and in control as anybody I've ever seen. He was always thinking, always one step ahead of his opponent. Our Eagle team met Chicago twice in 1983 as the 46 was evolving and we were defeated by both times. The first game was especially frustrating. It was played in a steady downpour and our sputtering offense made the afternoon even gloomier for the rain-soaked Philly fans that bothered to show up. Even if the weather had been dry, I don't think it would, made a, it would have made much difference. In the first half, we gained a total, grand total of 24 yards. The Bears were in our backfield all, all day, sacking me four times. My passing stats stunk. 11 of 30 for 136 yards. I never had a time to throw, and we lost 7 to 6. I did slightly better in the rematch about a month or so later at the Soldier Field, but still only threw for 150 yards, was sacked four more times, and the Eagles got beat again, 17 to 14. We just never figured out how to handle our pressure. Clearly, Ryan was on to something. And improving the Bears fin and improving Bears finished at eight and eight. By '84, Chicago was a complete team, including an offense run by Jim McMahon and a pretty decent runner. You may have heard named Walter Payton. And Buddy's defense was beginning to look downright scary, setting an NFL single-season record with 72 quarterback sacks. The Bears won their division and made it all the way to the conference championship before moving to the eventual Super Bowl champion, 49ers. A year later, it was the Bears who'd been who'd be world champions. I want to take some time to examine the essential features of the 46 and show you how it was more than a defense that beat up people. It may have looked unruly, but Believe me, everything was calibrated to work a specific way. A 46 was the perfect defense for its, for its era. At that time, offenses were frequently run out of two-back, single-tight end personnel sets, which bunched, up, which bunched a large number of players near the line of scrimmage. Consequently, Buddy could bring Buddy could bring more people closer to the ball, often in eight-man fronts. It became a simple function of the spacing. The Bears defenders had less red, less, the Bears defenders had less ground to cover and a short, shorter distance between them and a the quarterback. One crucial element of the 46 was a concept known as automatic front and coverage. AFC. This meant the Bears could, before the snap, change the angles from which their rushers came and flip what kind of coverage their defensive backs and linebackers were employing. 
This is virtually unheard of back in the 80s. We gave lots of different looks to quarterbacks, explained Fensick. We were big on shifting around because defenses on other teams gave simplistic pre-reads, which I thought made it too easy for quarterbacks to figure out. We never wanted that to happen with us. When we moved around into our AFC, it looked like jailbreak at times because we'd swap out a 4-3 for a 3-4. Guys would be coming or dropping back and it looked like chaos. But I assure you, it was all coordinated. <coughs> the offensive line sometimes, the offensive line saw this and wasn't sure what to block and the quarterback wasn't sure what coverage we were in. Just want to say is that a lot of times uh, you see defenses that start to set in their ways and they don't change. I don't understand. Sometimes I understand that the uh, you know there's a chance that you could ball coverage or there's a chance that something bad could happen. But even today, I don't understand why people they stay in these three four stuff four three. And they don't swap swap around and give give uh, a different look. Maybe I'm not watching the right. Maybe I'm not watching the right football or what. But I just I think that everybody in football is just way too set in their ways. And uh, same thing about offense too. So, anyways, that's one of the opinions. So, AFC, this meant that the Bears could be, before the snap, change the angles with their rushes, came, and flip what coverage their defensive backs and linebackers were good, were unpulling. Good stuff. Singletary can best explain the other staple of Chicago's proactive, reactive approach. The Bears referred to as blitz to formation, BTF. When Buddy claps his hands, there was about 30. About 30 or 40 different things that could happen. Depending on what our opponent's formation was, where the receivers lined up and the backfield set down and distance. We'd factor all that in and make an all-on-the-spot choice as to where we were going to go with the best blitz for that situation. We're going to run certain format. We're, we're going to run certain fronts. Our corners do what things in tandem with our safety. A number of things could happen, but there had to be a lot of communication within that clap. Body conveyed on our defense. See what I mean where I say you had to be smart to play in the 46? With most coordinators, their players didn't know what was going to be called. But not us, Fensick Brigg. Buddy told us everything we needed. You could run the defense off a cheat sheet or our calls were dependent on game time situations. We ran our BTS and AFC, so seemingly seamlessly that you never felt like you were in a bad spot. 
Marty Fuller's in the best position to beat a specific offense with a specific play in a specific formation. Rex Ryan often uses a chess analogy to explain his dad's strategies. Dad basically had the uh, back piece on the chessboard. The white piece always moves first, dad's piece gets the second, and then it was the perfect blitz against your protection. And the perfect, and the perfect coverage to stop whatever routes you can ran out of that formation. Because the 46 calls for eight men in the box. It was very effective against the run. There would also be one extra defender for which the offensive team simply couldn't account. So rushing lanes closed down in a hurry. A buddy's primary goal was to apply pressure on the quarterback. Here's what he did. He put both of his outside linebackers, Marshall and Wilson, on the strong side of the field where the opponent's tight end lined up. On the weak side, he lined his passing pass rushing ends, defensive ends. Dent out much wider <coughs> than normal from the offensive tackle assigned to block him. The other defensive end, Campton and two interior tackles, McMichael and either Hartenstein or William Defer Refrigerator Perry, aligned head up over the center and guards. Then Buddy put up the put the middle linebacker in strong safety in stacked positions just behind the down lineman. What do you call this bare front? It's hard to overstate how much confusion this caused for the offensive lines of that era. They didn't know who were supposed to block because none of the defenders was where they was supposed to be. The Bears didn't always rush the same guys. They didn't always rush in the same numbers. And in Chicago's two interior tackles and defensive end, each aligned head up against an offensive lineman, that guard or tackle had to block the man directly across from him, as no one else would even have a shot at blocking those guys. That left both the middle linebacker, Singletary, and strong safety at Dewarson unblocked pass to the football. That was the basic premise of the 46. Attack, break, down blocking schemes, and pass protections. Not individual players. Let's be clear, though. The 46 could not be every down defense. The better NFL offenses could still make big plays if it was used so much. So its risk versus ratio was deemed to be detrimental for Chicago to run for an entire game. But Buddy dialed it up frequently enough, often 30 to 35 percent, and sometimes more to keep quarterbacks guessing. I don't know if this book covers it or not, but if you want to really take a look at how a, a defense is broke down, a 46 breaks down. You want to see what the gains are. Take a look at that Chicago Bear uh, Miami Dolphin game from 1985 on Monday Night Football. 
and take a look at what Marino, how Marino carved it up for Joe Theismann understood as well as anyone how difficult it was to play against this defense. Having lost twice to the Bears while quarterbacking Washington in 1984 and 1985, what Buddy Ryan did by covering the center two guards was him saying, your interior lineman will not be able to help anybody, he observed. Their ends and linebackers went one-on-one -on -one with the offensive tackles and backs. If you're asking your tackle to block exceptional athletes like Denk or Marshall, that isn't good. Indecision is the worst thing that can happen to you on a football field. The 46 made, made it tough for quarterbacks and linemen to figure out what was coming. Once you are in an obvious passing situation, you are at distinct disadvantage. The Bears would give you the illusion of pressure, then drop seven into coverage. So if you checked to a man route, you were in big trouble. You're probably, you're probably wondering about the vulnerabilities in Chicago pass coverage if all eight players in the Bears front rushed the quarterback. Couldn't the offense burn these? Couldn't the offense burn those three remaining defenders as if it got the ball all quickly? Well, sure. That did happen sometimes, but not often enough to hurt the Bears that badly. Here's why. You've got the two corners, Frazier and Richardson, playing man coverage on the opponent's wideouts. With Fenster gets a single high safety in the middle of the field to make sure Nobody gets behind him. So much pressure coming from the front eight quarterbacks of that era had to get the ball out in approximately 1.8 seconds, or they are going to wind up on the ground. In most cases, Chicago's corners were more than capable of staying with their receivers for at least long, for, for at least that long. Buddy could also switch up and have his corners align inside and take away quick slants. The kind of throw a quarterback under pressure is likely to attempt. With that option negated, the quarterback would have to hold the ball longer and pass. And against the 46, that isn't a very attractive situation. Even if the passer does avoid getting sacked, He's faced with having to complete a fade pass, a much tougher throw than a slant. A third coverage, Buddy Lake to the 46 was known as the stock. That's when one of the box defenders, either the middle linebacker or strong safety, runs underneath the widest outside receiver to his side of the field. If either of these defenders get there quickly enough, then that passing lane is denied, and the quarterback is likely to go to have to eat the ball or throw it away. Ryan figured that some teams would try to help protection to help protect the quarterback by keeping a pass back. I'm sorry, a back in the pocket to block an outside linebacker or passing rush pass rushing defensive end. Well. Buddy had an answer for that too. 
Something called the Green Dog or Frisco, a rust scheme that Bud Carson had also used with the Steel Curtain. As soon as Singletary recognized that, his back was staying home and he'd head straight for the quarterback because Samurai Mike, as he was nicknamed, would not be accounted for in, in the opponent's pass protection scheme. But he also came at us with now known peel with a now known peel technique, which Duck Plank insists never existed until the Bears ran it. If running back pre-release to the pulse side, he said, Chicago's nearest defensive end would peel out from the three-point stance and cover the back man-to-man. -man. Once the linebackers saw this, they could totally change. And once they were totally changed what they were doing. They could pressure blitz, look for a running lane to go through, or drop back into coverage to take away the slants or curl routes. Those guys in offense didn't realize having their running backs checked went on to trigger other functions or defense. The appeal did more than add to an offense Offensive confusion. It was also a coverage that can that camouflaged and compensated for what first appeared to be a speed mismatch between a back and a slower defensive end. The nineteen eighty five Chicago Bears were virtually unstoppable, winning fifteen of the sixteen Regular season games in the playoffs, but defense pitched shutouts against the Giants and Rams <coughs> and crushed the Patriots 46 to 10 in Super Bowl 20. Because it's among the most widely viewed Super Bowls ever. The fans probably remember that Bears performance more than any than other. To me, though, the one game that best exemplified the awesome force of Buddy's defense was a week 11 demolition of the Dallas Cowboys. The images I saw in coaching tape of the day were shocking. My study of the game feels more like an autopsy than a film breakdown. That's how violent Chicago's performance was. Seen 25 years later, it was still a frightening thing to watch. 1985, Dallas was still a still a ranking power in the NFC. That lost to the the Bears in 14 hadn't lost the Bears in 14 years. Head coach Tom Landry was a brilliant innovator in his own right. He pioneered both the 4-3 and the flex defense. Flex defense is popularized. The concept of men in motion it had been the first to computerize his team's scoring system. Landry won Super Bowl VI with Mike Ditka catching the final Dallas touchdown. And Super Bowl, Super Bowl XII with Ditka on the Cowboys sideline as a staff assistant. Landry had taken a chance and given Iron Mike his first coaching job. 
Now the student was looking for his first win against the teacher. Singletary remembered that Ditka said to his Bears squad the night before the game, he told us how much he loved being with the Cowboys. When he was there as a player and coach, they had always been an important part of his life. But then, in order for us to get to where we wanted to go, we had to not just win, but dominate the Cowboys in Dallas. We need to make a statement against America's team. And then the rest of the league would hear that statement too. And it all bears achieved all that and more in our terrifying afternoon. Chicago mauled both Dallas at quarterbacks, forcing turnovers and scoring a pair of defensive touchdowns. Started Danny White was knocked out of the game twice, deep into the fourth quarter with the outcome being decided. But he was still blitzing, just in case the Cowboys weren't getting the message. It, was a, it wasn't a football game, it was a massacre. When the final game sounded, the Cowboys limped off the field having suffered their first shutout in 25 years. Hey, it's Todd coming to you. Um, hopefully you enjoy that, uh, the reading I just did on the 46 defense for the Bears and um, that's just part of the chapter. We got quite a bit. We got like, I think I can get a couple reads in on this. A couple more reads at least. Um, two is like, you know, if, if you guys could just give a, uh, just give us a, a, some feedback if you like, if you like the, uh, the new system. Um, give us some feedback that uh, lets us know, you know, what, what's going on. I mean, we have a lot of viewers, but we never hear anything from you. You're all too silent. So, um, that's the thing is for me is that, you know, I just, I also want you to know that, uh, you know, you're enjoying the podcast and, um, you know, it, it's difficult sometimes for me to, uh, different, it's difficult for me to feel that you are enjoying something when I don't hear from you. <laughs> but anyways so one of the like I said I'm gonna do another spiritualized gonna be coming up here and um, and I think I might try to do plan B on this too so another part to this but I'm gonna do a spirituality one next so thanks for listening thanks for uh, thanks for viewing the next time I'll wear my other different wig so I appreciate it thanks Nobody else has told you that they love you today. I do. And that's with the power of love.